You're listening to the Jesus for Everyone podcast, a podcast where we talk about the intersection of faith and social justice and what a first century Jewish prophet of the poor from Galilee offers us today in our work of love, compassion, and justice. To support this podcast, go to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and click donate. Welcome to episode 510. We're coming up on the third weekend of Lent this year, and our title this week is Differences in John and Why They Matter. My name is Herb Montgomery, and our reading this week is from the Gospel of John. When it was almost time for the Jewish Passover, Jesus went up to Jerusalem. In the temple courts, he found people selling cattle and sheep and doves and others sitting at tables exchanging money. So he made a whip out of cords and drove all from the temple courts, both sheep and cattle. He scattered the coins of the money changers and overturned the tables. To those who sold doves, he said, Get these things out of here. Stop turning my father's house into a market. His disciples remembered that it was written, Zeal for your house will consume me. The Jews then responded to him, What sign can you show us to prove your authority to do all this? Jesus answered them, Destroy this temple and I will raise it again in three days. They replied, It has taken 46 years to build this temple and you're going to raise it in three days? But the temple he had spoken of was his body. After he was raised from the dead, his disciples recalled what he had said. Then they believed the scripture and the word that Jesus had spoken. John 2, 13-22 If you're familiar with our social Jesus blog, our weekly e-sites or this podcast or even our, our weekly YouTube show Just Talking, you won't be surprised by the stark difference between this version of the Jesus story in John, which emerged out of the Johannine community, and the earlier Gospels in our sacred canon, the Synoptics, Mark, Matthew, and Luke. In the Synoptic Gospels, Jesus' protest in the Temple State's courtyard It comes at the end of the story and is the reason the state executes Jesus on a Roman cross. John was written much later than any of the other canonical Gospels. And by the time that John was written, Jesus' death on the cross was far removed from his protest in the temple. The protest happens at the very beginning of John's story of Jesus and the crucifixion comes at the end. These events have nothing to do with each other in the Johannine community's gospel. It's not only the narrative location, though, of this story that's different between these gospels. Jesus' motive is vastly different as well. In Mark, Matthew, and Luke, Jesus' protest is rooted in zeal for the masses who are being marginalized and crushed by the temple state's complicity with the Roman Empire. Consider Mark's version of the story. On reaching Jerusalem, Jesus entered the temple courts and began driving out those who were buying and selling there. He overturned the tables of the money changers and the benches of those selling doves and would not allow anyone to carry merchandise through the temple courts. And as he taught them, he said, Is it not written, My house will be called a house of prayer for all nations? But you have made it a den of crooks, Mark eleven fifteen through 17 Jesus' words in Mark's story, they combine two passages from the Hebrew Scriptures. The first is from Isaiah, the second is from Jeremiah. Let's look at Isaiah first. 
These I will bring to my holy mountain and give them joy in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted on my altar, for my house will be called a house of prayer for all nations, Isaiah 56, 7. Has this house, which bears my name, become a den of crooks to you? But I have been watching, declares the Lord, Jeremiah 7, 5-11. What we must pay attention to, though, here in Jeremiah is where the phrase den of crooks comes from. A den of thieves, a den of robbers, is not where the theft is taking place, but where the thieves retreat thinking they're safe after their theft has been committed. The temple functioned in exactly this fashion for the elites and powerful in the temple state. They could oppress the foreigner, the fatherless, the widow, while practicing their religious piety and claiming they were still in good standing with the God of the Torah because they were still practicing the ritual ceremonies of the temple. Will you steal and murder, commit adultery and perjury, and then come and stand before me in this house, which bears my name, and say we are safe, safe to do all these things, these detestable things? Jeremiah 7, 9-10 through Do not trust in deceptive words and say, This is the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord, the temple of the Lord. Jeremiah 7, 4 Consider how this theme appears in the book of Isaiah. Isaiah is another Hebrew prophet. Isaiah writes, The multitude of your sacrifices, what are they to me, says the Lord? I have more than enough burnt offerings of rams and the fat of fattened animals. I have no pleasure in the blood of bulls and lambs and goats. When you come to appear before me, who has asked this of you, this trampling of my courts? Stop bringing meaningless offerings. Your incense is detestable to me. New moons, Sabbaths, convocations. I cannot bear your worthless assemblies. Your new moon feasts, your appointed festivals, I hate with all my being. They have become a burden to me. I am weary of bearing them. When you spread out your hands in prayer, I hide my eyes from you. Even when you offer many prayers, I'm not listening. Your hands are full of blood. Wash and make yourselves clean. Take your evil deeds out of my sight. Stop doing wrong. Learn to do right. Seek justice. Defend the oppressed. Take up the cause of the fatherless. Plead the case of the widow. Isaiah 1, 11-17 For the prophets, God is much more concerned with social justice than with all the people's religious ritual observances. It's this Hebrew prophetic justice tradition that Jesus is standing squarely in in the Gospels of Mark, Matthew, and Luke. But in John's Gospel, this tradition is wholly erased. Jesus' motive is the exact opposite. Zeal, not for the people, but for your house, will consume me. John's Jesus is no longer zealous for the oppressed. Now in this late gospel... Jesus is consumed by zeal for the purity of the temple and maintaining the purity of religious ritual observances there. Another significant difference between the Gospels is the overt anti-Semitism that's held in the Johannine community by the time John's Gospel was written down. In the Synoptics, rejection of Jesus is always a matter of classism. 
the Jews loved Jesus and they hung on his every word. And honestly, why wouldn't they? Jesus' message was a populist message that resonated deeply with the people who were suffering at the hands of those in power. It was the powerful, the propertied, and the privileged who were, were the ones responsible for crushing the masses through complicity with Rome, who created enormous wealth for themselves. It was they who rejected Jesus' calls for a return to the economic justice teachings of the Torah. Notice the difference in Luke. Every day he was teaching at the temple, but the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the leaders, remember these were political positions, among the people were trying to kill him. Yet they could not find any way to do it because all the people hung on his words. Luke 1947 47-48 In John's Gospel, however, there's no distinction between rich and poor, powerful and the marginalized, the elites or the masses. Within Jesus' Jewish society in John, the opposition is all wrapped up into one simple, pejorative, anti-Semitic designation, the Jews. Lastly, the gospel switched from critiquing the injustice of the temple state with its physical capital in the temple to spiritualizing the temple as somehow a symbol of Jesus' body. The presence of proto-Gnostic tendencies in the writings of the Johannine community is well documented by scholars. Christian Gnosticism would come to teach a dualistic way of looking at our world through the lens of separating our bodies from our spirit. Later Gnosticism would teach that the material world was evil and spiritual was good, and it therefore defined salvation as that point which our spirits are finally set free from imprisonment in our material bodies in this material world. This honestly sounds a lot like many of the sectors of Christianity today. That's why I say that much of Christianity today is more Gnostic like the Johannine community than like the Jesus of the Synoptic Gospels. In the Synoptics, Jesus prioritizes setting people free from material, concrete, very tangible suffering, but not from the material, concrete, and tangible itself. What are we to make of, of these differences then? Both teachings are in our sacred text. Both are biblical and both are ways of defining and viewing Jesus. For those who want the Bible to make all of their decisions for them, it's not that simple. Especially when the Bible offers two different options. We have to take some personal responsibility. We have to actually decide which way of practicing Christianity today in our context is more life-giving. We have to choose how we are going to practice our own Christianity. Both options are biblical. And they each produce radically different fruit. Are we focused on post-mortem destinations or saving people from what they're suffering in this life? Are we defining salvation as celestial, heavenly bliss in a possible other life? Or do we define salvation as the synoptics do, as being set free from death-dealing, oppression, injustice, violence, and marginalization in this life? Are we defining our humanity as broken and salvation is when we're finally set free from our humanity 
Or have we lost touch with our humanity, either ourselves or because others are attempting to dehumanize us? If so, salvation is our our reclaiming of our humanity. And Jesus defines salvation in this very way in Luke's story of Zacchaeus. I find it escapist and defeatist to separate Jesus' gospel from this life. I find it problematic to transform Jesus' gospel into being solely about spiritual realities in preparation for a next life. For myself, I find the focus of the synoptic gospels in our present social context to be much more relevant and much more life-giving. So what about group discussion questions? Number one, share something that spoke to you from this week's eSight podcast or YouTube show with your discussion group. Number two, how do the differences in the different versions of the Jesus story in our New Testament impact your own social justice work today as a Jesus follower? Share and discuss that with your group. Then number three, what can you do this week, big or small, to continue setting in motion the work of shaping our world into a safe, compassionate, just home for everyone? Thanks for checking in with us today. I want to say a special thank you to all of our supporters out there. If you would like to join them in supporting Renewed Heart Ministries, you can do so by going to RenewedHeartMinistries.com and clicking Donate. I want to also say a, a special thank you this week to Acquire Publishing, Keith Giles, who wrote the forward to my latest book, and all the special people on our launch team who made uh, the release of my recent book a success. Finding Jesus, a fundamentalist preacher who discovers the social, political, and economic teachings of the Gospels, is available now on Amazon in paperback, Kindle, and soon also on Audible as an audiobook. As always, you can find Renewed Heart Ministries each week on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, Meta's New Threads. If you haven't done so already, please follow us on your chosen social media platforms for our daily posts. And if you enjoy listening to this podcast, please like and subscribe to this podcast through the whatever podcast platform you're listening to it on. And this helps others uh, find our podcast as well. You can watch our new YouTube show called Just Talking Each Week, where Todd Leonard and I Take a moment to talk about the gospel lectionary reading for the upcoming weekend. We'll talk about each reading in the context of love and inclusion and societal justice. And our hope is that our talking will be just talking as in justice. And that during our brief conversations each week, you'll be inspired to do also more than just talking. If you teach from the lectionary each week, or if you're just looking for some thoughts on the Jesus story from a more progressive perspective within the context of social justice, Check it out. You might like it. You can find Just Talking each week on YouTube at youtube.com forward slash at Herb and Todd Just Talking. Please like, subscribe, hit the notification button, leave us a comment. And if you'd like to reach us here at Renewed Heart Ministries through email, you can reach us at info at renewedheartministries.com. Right where you are, keep living in love, choosing compassion, taking action, and working toward justice. I love each of you dearly. I'll see you next week. Mm-hmm.